putting a price on water is a delicate business, especially when it involves smallholder farmers. Yet, in parts of the world where water scarcity and droughts become more frequent, policymakers are increasingly looking at pricing as a tool for sustainable water management. You are listening to the IDH podcast with me, Manisha Kodirova. I'm joined here by Trang Quinh Chi, the manager for IDH's landscape program in Vietnam, and Michelle Scholte, director at True Price, an Amsterdam-based social enterprise that provides impact measurements for agri-food production, among others. In this podcast series, we dive into the innovative work we do with our partners to create sustainable value chains. In this episode, we will discuss the work IDH does around supporting the water pricing policy in the central highlands region of Vietnam. Michelle, is there a business case for conserving water? Very clear case, of course, because it's a dependency for the companies and the smallholders. Everyone is dependent on that water. And if it's gone, then everyone will be out of business. It's a typical uh, common good. You can counter that with regulation, uh, with pricing, uh, and of course with good maintenance and, and good monitoring. Chi, what is IDH doing with regards to water conservation and water pricing in Vietnam? In Vietnam, the landscape program started in 2015. And at that time, we prepared a comprehensive strategy to support for the sustainable landscape in the central highland of Vietnam. We have done two types of key interventions to reduce the water use in order to adapt with climate change. The two key interventions on water management or water reduction are application or piloting the water price policy and to promote the application of the saving water uh, technology in vegetable and coffee products in the central highland. What do you think, Michelle? Should we ask farmers to pay for water so this natural resource can be conserved? Yeah, I think there are three dimensions to it. First of all, uh, we believe it's a fair principle. A user benefits uh, from extracting the resource from the common good and it's fair to pay for that. On the one hand, just a compensation for the provision, the energy use, for example, the use and the cost for maintenance of infrastructure. Uh, of course, uh, in addition, the budget can be used for additional maintenance and also beyond infrastructure, the reservoir and the nature, the natural capital linked to that. And finally, the overuse. Uh, so in a way, create some sort of incentive that um, due to higher costs, users will limit their use to the extent that the regenerative uh, nature of uh, water basins will be respected and that future generations or future farms uh, and also the companies that use that will be able to use that water as well. I think uh, the question of effectiveness, so whether it works, depends whether sufficient funds will be mobilized to actually maintain the uh, reservoir and the infrastructure around it and also whether smallholders care sufficiently for the costs that they will limit their usage and that is of course a question of how large are the costs uh, in uh, relation to the total costs and also uh, how material are these costs considered. So then the third dimension, whether it's sufficient to solving uh, the problem of uh, overusage and the depletion of the natural capital, I think 
uh, it's likely that it should be combined with other policies, such as uh, farmer field training, to understand from a farmer perspective what is the right application rate and also other projects that assure the right maintenance of the groundwater and the irrigation infrastructure. And of course, also uh, look into sensory systems linked to uh, meteorological data and other smart ways of helping farmers to understand what is needed to optimally cultivate uh, coffee on the one hand, and on the other hand, not extract too much from the scarce uh, resource. I think that is indeed the case. But for now, let's focus on water pricing and come back to complementary policies in a moment. I have a question for you, Chi. Why did the Vietnamese government decide to charge for water in the first place? So Central Highland is a strategic area of Vietnam, and it is a very important commercialized area with perennial crops, where coffee, uh, pepper, uh, cashew, and uh, rubber, for example, are the key commodities. Over the last 30 years, the agricultural production of perennial crops was booming uh, very rapidly with the open policy of the government. It created the opportunity for livelihood of the people, but it also created the pressure into the environment. And along with the, with the climate change uh, situation, Central Highland is considered as one of the fifth most serious affected area in the world with, uh, with the climate change. For example, in 2014 and 2015, the Central Highland experienced the most serious drought um, in this area. And at that time, many experts say that the uh, coffee production reduced by 30%. But in 2017, we experienced uh, the opposite trend. It was raining too much in the, in the central highland. So it creates a lot of uh, difficulties for, for farmers here, uh, sustaining the good uh, production of the coffee. One of the reasons leading to this is the, the unsuitable use of the water for coffee production. For example, they use 1,000 liters per tree per round of irrigation, while it is recommended only 400 liters. The overuse of the water here is one of the reasons leading to the reduction of the water resources, especially in the dry season. Okay, so you're saying that there's so much unnecessary overuse of water by farmers that one of the only ways to incentivize them to use less water is by charging them for it, right? And how is this price determined? You know, to make sure that it's a fair price for the farmers. The Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development need to calculate the whole cost incurred with the water supply for agricultural production. And then based on that total cost, the government will decide how much uh, will be charged for farmers and how much uh, still the government need to subsidize. IDH is the first organization to co-fund with the company to pilot this model in coffee production. So by the end of this year, we already have two systems applied, one in Daklak province and one in Langdong province. And just recently, we organized the learning workshops for 50 farmers in each province to learn about this um, system. And the good news is that farmers is very happy with this system. And they said that they will 
suddenly invest into this system by themselves if they really see that the business case can come. So our next step is that we will develop this business case based on the data that we collect from the farmers. But at the field level, we already have some initial indicators to show to the farmers. For example, if we apply this system, the water volume will be reduced by 27%. Uh, the volume of the fertilizer use will be reduced by 30%. Uh, and the labor cost will be reduced by 20%. The water pricing pilot that we are doing for vegetable farmers along the Danim River in, in Lamdong province is just the pilot, right? And now the research group of the Directorate of Water Resources in the Ministry of Agriculture already finished the pre-feasibility study to see with the willingness of the farmers to pay, how much does it cost of the system and how much we should charge the farmers and whether it is possible to scale it up to the watershed. And these data are supporting the Ministry of Agriculture to draft the decree on water pricing to be submitted to our government this April 2018. When the policy or the decree of water pricing is approved by the government this year, the IDH will continue to work with Lamdong province to pilot that policy at the provincial level. We really bring the right group of Australian experts to come and talk with the Vice Minister. You mean the Australian National University that IDH brought in in 2016? Yes, and the key experts said that uh, it is the right time for Vietnam to make the decision to change from uh, water uh, subsidized into a market. You mean change into a market-based water pricing mechanism? Yes. Um, so we have looked into the farmer profit and loss and irrigation costs are for a conventional uh, coffee, green bean, hectare production are uh, 175 euros on a total revenue of more than 4,000 euros per hectare. So that is to illustrate, you know, what the current irrigation costs are. Well, of course, if you increase the cost for irrigation, that picture will change. If you have currently an overuse, then reducing the usage will actually also save costs and increasing the price a little bit will not be that problematic anyway for a farmer. There's lots of possibilities to absorb these costs. And as said, it's relatively little compared to the total PL of a farm, let alone in the actual uh, supply chain. As said, reducing the use will save costs. And will water pricing solve the problem? It's one of the interventions that are probably required, but it's not likely to be the uh, sufficient intervention. There's other things that are needed to make sure that this will uh, take place in practice. And therefore, farmer field training and awareness raising and cre creating the right uh, circumstances and giving the right tools, the right infrastructure for the appropriate application of water is so important. So let me just uh, say a bit more about the water cost that we observed in uh, Vietnam in uh, 2014. Basically, we looked into the true price of coffee from Vietnam uh, produced by smallholders and uh, the external costs in the cultivation phase is uh, 1 euro 25 per kg of green coffee beans. 
And then 95% of these external costs were environmental. So 5% were social uh, for things such as uh, under earnings uh, for farmers. But that was relatively limited because the price of coffee is very good and uh, the productivity is also very high. And 28% of these uh, environmental externalities were caused by uh, scarce water use due to over-irrigation. What interventions have you seen at work which have been effective in water conservation? Uh, better irrigation scheduling and more efficient application techniques. According to um, research, also done a few years ago, it's possible to reduce water use by 32% through this. And that, of yeah. course, then also reduces the external costs. Chi, um, coming back to Michelle's point before, are IDH and the Vietnamese government, or the private sector for that matter, taking complementary measures to support the water pricing mechanism? For example, IDH is supporting with a, with a company to apply the precision irrigation system, which the farmers can use their mobile phone to control the operation of the irrigation system based on the sensors to say exactly when the moisture of the soil leads to the necessity of operation. Previously, farmers uh, only do the irrigation because they think that it is the time for irrigation. And of course, it doesn't mean that it is always right. So by having the sensor system installed in the garden like that, the farmers know exactly when and how much water needs to be irrigated. Is this some sort of an app? Yes, that is an app installed in their smartphone and the signals of the system in the garden go directly to the smartphone and request farmers to turn on or turn off the system. And a last piece of advice from you, Michelle. What are some of the things that need to be taken into account for such a policy to be successful? Um, it should actually be linked to conserving natural capital, uh, conserving the water, and then is uh, something that can fly in the future as well. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Chi and Michelle, for sharing your insights. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Don't forget to join us again next month.